Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Connie Thiessen. The latest Infinite Dial Canada survey was released last month, revealing that Canada is leading podcast listening. Broadcast Dialogue is pleased to welcome Stephanie Donovan, Global Head of Revenue at Triton Digital, to the podcast to dive into current audio listening trends, including how smart speaker growth is driving listening habits, the revenue opportunities per Presented, and why this year's Infinite Dial is a great story for radio. My name is Stephanie Donovan. I am the Global Head of Revenue for Triton Digital. Triton Digital is a 16-year-old company. I hesitate only because it's a, it, I want to make sure I get it right. It seems like it's time flying so fast. Um, and I've actually been with Triton in multitude of roles only because the platform, the company has evolved so much uh, over 15 years. And so my audio journey actually started back in broadcast radio a long time ago. I hate to say decades, but it is decades ago in broadcast radio. I started in broadcast radio in the local market in Houston, Texas, worked uh, throughout marketing work into what was then known as non-traditional media, which at that time, digital audio fell into non-traditional media along with events and websites. And out of that, I became the leader of the digital audio or the streaming technology platform for radio at the time, and then got out and said, you know what, I'm going to leave radio and go do something new. Six months later, I was working with Triton Digital and working with radio. So I became on the other side of the coin, or the other side of the desk, I should say, and have been, like I said, been here for a long time, doing what I love, serving the audio community, but in a new, fresh way. And the thing that I love about our company and our relationship with the hundreds of broadcasters that we had the pleasure to work with is that our leadership came from broadcast radio, Our mindset, our technology came from deep technologists, and it allows us to marry the two in such a fantastic time for online audio and radio, audio in general, because audio is so hot. Mobile proliferation and penetration, podcast growth, it's not new, but it's certainly enjoying uh, quite a nice run. So we invited you on the podcast to talk about this year's Infinite Dial Canada. For those who aren't familiar with this study, do you want to talk a little bit about the parameters? Edison Research is our partner in the Infinite Dial. They do a a marvelous job on these Infinite Dial studies in multiple countries. And I've been so thankful over the last, I think, four years to work on the Canadian infinite dial with edison in presenting and and really showing the growth of online audio in canada um it's actually been around since 1998 as i mentioned the this is the fifth year being measured they started in 2018 um it's the fourth infinite dial study that we've released and um, it's a study of over a thousand people ages 18 and older in canada and it's done and the surveys are conducted in both English and French, which I think offers a differentiated view and a really holistic view of how the Canadian audience is listening to online audio. 
I think the headline of this year's Infinite Dial Canada was that Canadians are leading podcast listening. Yes, it definitely was an exciting headline. And I have to say, Connie, it was one that I poured into after hearing the US, the US Infinite Dial, because that was a shocker. But when I heard Infinite Dial US came out and podcast decreased um, for a multitude of reasons, I'm sure, but you're right. Canada podcast listening is up. It is up in a big way. I mean, year over year, we saw a 7% increase. It's right now at 58% of Canadians are listening at ever to podcasts on a monthly basis. The infinite dial showed that uh, 43% of the respondents in 2022 said that they've listened to a podcast in the last month. That's huge. And then if you break that down to weekly, it's even better. So significant, significant story for podcasting. Are there indicators why Canadian listening is higher than in Australia and the US? I think a couple of reasons. The Infinite Dial Canada showed a in- tremendous increase in smart speaker listenership, as well as in certainly smartphone penetration is up. And so if we take the multitude of factors of how they're, or the devices that they're connecting with, as well as the kind of normalcy, the return to normalcy that we've seen through infinite dials, um, characteristics like driving in car, um, returning to work, and also just the, the pandemic kind of shifting off. I think those are all things that are leading to podcast discovery and podcast uh, listening increases. But if we take those one by one, I think the top two stories I saw with podcast listening came from the smart speaker growth. Smart speaker growth in Canada as per the infinite dial showed that there was an increase of over two devices per household. That's incredible. It's actually an incredible audio story, which we'll get to, I hope, but it's incredible for podcast listening. It also goes to where they're listening and where they're listening, they're listening at home dominantly, but they're also listening in car. And so I think as we look at podcast listening as a true audio on the go content consumption, it pairs to a wonderful audio story, a story that radio has enjoyed for a long, long time. The second component that I think is really important, as I said, kind of returning from from pandemic levels to now a little more pre-pandemic is the amount of people commuting again the amount of people riding in cars again, those have resumed, not at the highest levels that we saw pre-pandemic, but they are resuming. And I think that is lending to in-car listening of audio in general, but we're also seeing with, with podcasting. Has there been a shift at all in who is listening to podcasts? Because I know our monthly listeners are much younger than the overall population in Canada. So we see a continued balance between male and female in terms of who's listening. That 18 to 34 group is still a dominant podcast listener, but at that 35 to 54 age group is certainly a a well-rounded listener as well. And so I don't, I think that we're seeing more of the 35 to 54 demographic inching up in terms of podcast listening, but it's not uh, because the 18 to 34s are listening differently. We just see all levels rising. And what I think one of the interesting stories for Canada is the, again, 
balance, or maybe in this case, a majority of listeners that are listening to Canadian podcast content. I've always enjoyed working with Canadian broadcasters because of the commitment to content uh, produced by Canadians. And the Infinite Dial does a wonderful job of surveying how many people listen to Canadian content. And Infinite Dial this year showed that 56% do say that they've ever listened to content produced by Canadians. I'm glad you brought that statistic up. Have advertisers really caught up to that stat? I think what we see in twofold is not so much our, our advertisers looking for Canadian content. At least I don't see that, Connie. I don't see it because most of the analysis we do at Triton as a service provider is on the monetization side, but it's more genre-based as well as audience-based. Not When I say genre, it doesn't get to the content name being more than just the general genres. But what we do see is advertisers increasingly looking for language differentiation, uh, French language content, English language content. And if I may, that really is one of the key drivers we saw specifically and exclusively for Canada as to why Triton put out a Canadian ranker to define and rank Canadian podcasts in those two languages. It's the only one in uh, the six or seven different markets that we have a Triton podcast ranker report that we do dual language surveys. Right. That was actually going to be my my next segue was talking about the Canada podcast ranker, which debuted in April and ranks the most listened to podcasts and networks ranked by average weekly downloads. There are a lot of companies participating in the ranker, including Quebecor, SiriusXM, CBC, Kojiko. But I'm wondering if there are barriers to get companies signed up to the ranker, because obviously we're missing some pretty big participants like Spotify. Sure. And certainly it is the choice of those individual publishers. I think the bar- less so about barriers to entry is more about making sure that we have total reporting of the podcasts for the publishers we are measuring. So one thing to note, in addition to, as you said, the weekly analysis that we do is that we're measuring from the log. And that's really important because we're not measuring from a prefix which may be a subset or is a subset of the audience because it's based on the player. We actually take it from the source. And so to get to your question about potential barriers is it is a little bit of a heavier lift than simply putting a prefix in front of the in, in front of the RSS. And in doing so, we take careful and meticulous measurement to ensure that not only are we IABB2 certified, but there we, we are filtering out invalid traffic. And in doing so, we have to measure the full scale of that publisher. As you can imagine from a technology perspective and you know, having interviewed a lot of podcasts um, over the time here, Connie, you're familiar that that takes time. And some of the publishers that you know may be glaringly missing, we're in active conversations with. And so this is something that we've seen over the years of the podcast ranker reports being out. It takes a bit of time to get more and more market adoption. So with the third uh, ranker report coming out August 24th for July data, I think you'll see more publishers 
And it's our job, my job, to ensure that we continue to get more publishers adopted too and continue to work with them, hold their hand, and make sure that uh, they feel like this is the right environment for their, their podcast audience to be measured. Has there been any finding from the podcast ranker specifically that's been surprising to you at all? The thing that I love to see, and I don't think it's surprising, so I guess I'm getting caught up on is it surprising? No, but is it is it lovely to see? Yes. I love to see the shifting of publishers based on how we manage the ranker. We, we talked earlier about French. I love seeing the various French language publishers rise to the top when in a general market or a holistic ranker uh, of the top 100 podcasts in Canada, they may not be number one, but in their niche, they do get the credit that they deserve because they're really honing in in, in the market that they serve. So I love seeing that with French language. Similarly, I love seeing the ability of time and again for us to see how many listeners are listening to just content regardless of the publisher it's coming from. That's why you see the infusion of a multinational origin of content into the Canadian ranker. But time and again, uh, ranker after ranker, we see those Canadian publishers rise to the top. And that's something that is heartwarming. It is something that probably is expected. But I think as I look at it from a global perspective, it's something that is unique to Canada because of just the rich nature and loyalty of the Canadian podcast. Going back to Infinite Dial, one of the themes was that online audio is really at the center of listener and advertiser engagement. Do you want to talk about where AMFM tuning now falls in that equation, both online listening and overall? I, I think the Infinite Dial survey this year in Canada was a great story for radio. And I specifically and I especially point out radio because when we look at from a broad view, who's listening to online audio, we saw the growth. It was a, almost one in four, a three in four out of four people now listen to online audio online. That's up, up 2%. It's a great number. It's a big, beautiful story about online audio. But those that are listening specifically asked if they're listening to AMFM content online is up 4%. So one in four are now saying that they listen to AMFM content online. And that's on a monthly basis. The number's even better. It's up 6%, which is a huge jump from year to year to now 20% say that they listen weekly to AMFM online. That is habitual listening to radio content online. And it is a great story for radio because it's an on the go, it's an everywhere medium. And so we talked a lot about that, or talked earlier about that stat of people riding in cars more often now. Listeners are taking it from the home to the car and now on walks to gym, they're taking audio now audio, listening to AMFM content with them throughout their daily life. I think that's a great story, and it's a great story for advertisers. In terms of brand awareness and use, Spotify is leading online audio listening, mm -hmm. but YouTube Music is really the platform to watch in terms of growth. Do you want to take us through some of the top 10 
in Canada in terms of awareness and use and, and any observations that you have there? Yeah, Connie, I agree. One of the things as Nicole um, Benamini and I went through the infinite dial together several weeks ago was YouTube. And I think it harkens back, and I don't mean to be repetitive, but it harkens back to two things, smart speaker growth, because as we see the proliferation of smart speakers in Canada, for the first time, I believe last year, and you might fact check me on that, um, Amazon exceeded Google for the um, top share of smart speakers. Why is that important? More smart speakers are being sold. So more diversification of publisher or publishers like Spotify, Apple, YouTube are available in the home and the ease of use is there. The reason why I think YouTube is having more and more success and this, again, we should differentiate. This is YouTube music, um, formerly Google music um, that is transferred. So it's just important that we specify that versus the whole YouTube. But I think one of the reasons that we see such growth in YouTube music is the searchability that it has, but also its penetration now being available, YouTube <clears throat> music being available on multiple smart speakers. That device in the home, I think, is lifting it above Apple, lifting it above Amazon even, because it's spread across multiple uh, smart speakers. So I think that's one of the key drivers. I think the other thing that we're seeing is um, now that it's solidified of YouTube music, there's no longer a, a branding competition between Google Music and YouTube. And that's been a long-term play over the last few years. That's probably helped from a branding perspective to really align those audiences into one brand. You touched a little bit earlier about some of the in-car behavior that's emerged because of the commute returning. There were some really interesting numbers here in this study because radio saw a little drop, but CDs saw a jump. Yes. Forgive me because... The CD jump is one that comes and goes. It ebbs. In all of the infinite dials that we do, we see that one pop up every couple of years, like, hmm, curious. And then next year it'll settle back in line. So I would love to put a pin in that. Come visit you next year when we review infinite dial 2023 in Canada and see if that fell back in line. Because it could be that it's an anomaly because we've seen that before in other surveys. But it could also be just how people think about own audio and they may, it's not so much the CD perspective, but the owned music, because they may think that some of the music that they have with some of the publishers and pure plays are their own music because they've downloaded it. So it might be a perception. We're not sure, but it's a hypothesis that Infinite Dial or Edison Research and, and Triton have debated about. I kind of have personally mused whether the global vehicle shortage is really going to slow down the adoption of some of the in-dash entertainment plays like Apple CarPlay or HD mm -hmm. radio. I think it's, I've not seen the slowdown. In fact, I think it's the opposite. Infinite Dial showed that in-dash entertainment is up to 26%. So more than one in four respondents of the survey in Canada said that they have in-dash entertainment. I think that also pairs to the increase in audio listening in the car. And we saw that with Infinite Dial, and, and we've referenced it several times, 70% of 
of the audience said that they are listening this year in the car. And so I think that the proliferation of Apple CarPlay and Android Auto in the car is helping. I think, Connie, though, it's also helping, you mentioned it, a slight decrease in audio and radio listening. I think it's also helping satellite radio. It's also helping online radio. There's just more choices in the car. And it's something that I know broadcasters have talked about and are really gearing their marketing. And some of the conversations I've had with broadcasters gearing their marketing to be very centric to that um, online listener to make sure they're making the choice of what's in the car uh, for AMFM in the car. But we see in the survey the growth in satellite radio, the growth in online radio, the decrease slightly for radio, I think has a tie back to more choices being available because of in-dash entertainment. With this year's findings, especially when it comes to digital growth, including growth of streaming radio, do you want to talk about some of the trends that present revenue opportunities? For sure. I think there are revenue opportunities abound. We talked earlier about them, about growth in uh, audio in general as a medium that has scalable audience for advertisers to reach. That's one. It's a growing medium. We talked about um, where those listeners are in home. That's very close to the point of purchase online. On the go, very close to the point of purchase on mobile. And in podcasts, that loyal following, seeing that those audiences are growing to be able to advertise in a setting that has a captured audience, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes 40 minutes. And as um, Infinite Dial showed, um, the listenership is listening most of the time to that um, to that entire podcast. And so for advertisers, the opportunity keeps mounting in terms of reaching that audience a very targeted audience. The other thing that online audio provides uh, and advertisers are seeing it is the accountability to be able to reach the audience and get tracked back that they did deliver on the impressions that they asked for, as well as the targetability. There's so much information in a non-personally identifiable way that's able to ensure that they're meeting the right audience and those are available um, both through direct sale to an advertiser from a broadcaster or a publisher, even programmatically, which is that automated buying of advertising that is a really efficient way for advertisers to execute marketing campaigns. So in total, Connie, online audio is a gross story in terms of consumption. It is a gross story in terms of monetization. Every increase that we see here is an opportunity for advertisers to come along and follow that growth of audience to a place where they can capitalize on their marketing objectives. Are there any other highlights that you want to touch on or a thought that you'd like to close on, Stephanie? Well, I think I'd just like to summarize a couple of things um, that we talked about here. I thought the Infinite Dial Canada report from Edison Research was a truly powerful story for radio. I thought the bullet points that they could really take away was the growth in both monthly listening to AMFM radio up 4% to now one in four. The weekly listenership is even up higher. And then I thought it's also important to talk about how that captured audience in car has resumed to more normalcy from where we were with the pandemic levels. I think that's gonna bode well for the, again, the radio story. 
I think it also bodes well for online audio in general. We've got an opportunity to capture audiences with a really diverse piece of content in multiple languages that is attainable. It is driving audience to take action. And as we just talked about with advertisers, really um, create an, a positive ROI for those advertisers when they advertise with audio, online audio platforms. And then finally, and probably the one that we talked a lot about is podcasting. Podcasting being up, now Canada is stronger in podcasting um, than we saw in Australia or that we saw in US, um, which is incredible. And that's a great story for that captured audience with great content, over half of it's coming from Canadian producers. And that's, that's a real positive environment and a thriving environment for advertisers to meet those listeners, those um, loyal audiences now. And with it driving up in Canada, I think that it's an opportunity for us to see even more diversification of content, more opportunities for people to monetize in a multitude of ways, not just host reds, but monetize in various inventory units. That would be an opportunity to engage deeper on the content. And then as we talked about with the rankers, that's a way for you to, for advertisers to see the growing space in Canada that podcast is driving in French language, in English language, across the country, how it's increasing. That's a really positive story. So I think it's a, it's a very positive infinite dial report for Canada. All trends, uh, well, in general, the trends are leading up. And I think for audio, it's a great story. And it's one that I think will proliferate till next year. But again, maybe this time next year, you and I can reconvene and we'll do a short recap and talk about another great 2023 infinite dial. I'd love that. Thank you so much for your insight, Stephanie. Connie, thank you. It was great talking with you. listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.